0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of Random Musings. Uh, this is a very, very special episode because we don't have a professional stand-up comedian today. We have someone who I got to know as head writer at AIB. Uh, he's gone on to start his own company called ATS. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but very, very, very excited to call uh, Devayya Bopanna as the third guest on this series, Random Musings. Dave, What's up? Hi, hi KV. Hi, hi, hi. So, hi. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be a part of the show. I'm very, very excited about all the things that we are going to talk about today. Uh, why not? We talked about AIB. So let's start from there. Uh, Dave, you've had a very, very interesting journey. Uh, I, From whatever little I know, uh, you used to work uh, in an advertising firm. So you were in their team and you used to do copywriting and like all the usual creative agency things. And then when I met you, uh, you were a head writer at AIB. Without doubt, one of the of the biggest and most popular uh, comedy collective and comedy channel uh, of our times and uh, you worked on so many sketches there and then uh, of course uh, post AIB you started your own thing called ATS All Things Small which is doing some wonderful work. Uh, You recently uh, uh, also contributed to this uh, very very viral uh, campaign by CRED and you did the Indra Nagar ka Gunda and everything along with your team of course uh, so I want to talk. I want to start uh, today's episode by talking about this journey. I have so many questions, but we'll uh, we'll just stick to some of the things uh, from a writer's perspective. For example, you're working in a firm where you are essentially getting briefs from a client, and then you are writing copy for them. You are devising their communication, etc., etc. And then you go on to work with this bunch of comedians, uh, and then you start writing sketches. You know, you're writing funny five, six minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes an hour sketches. And then things happen there. And then you find your own way and you start a company with uh, with like uh, three or four other people. And now you're working, you're back, so to speak, uh, to working with clients and then, uh, you know, devising their communication strategy. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. Okay, <laughs> A lot of people do want to become. So I want to talk about this journey and what are the things that you learned Things that uh, you would want to sort of uh, share with us and our viewers and our audience, um, and maybe towards the end, talk about as an entrepreneur, uh, things that you learned, do the dos and don'ts. Essentially, this journey is how I want to start today's episode with. Over to you, Dave. Well, uh,
1: thanks, thanks for having me, are uh, Really honored, uh, and uh, uh, you know, thanks for making me wear a shirt. Uh, uh, that uh, that it's been a rough year for my shirts. It's never come out during the pandemic and finally found an excuse. But uh, having said that, uh, well, um, it's it's just, uh, you know, I just generally have one uh, policy, you know, that uh, I kind of look at when I'm making a major decision, usually a big career decision, uh, which I've had to make like, you know, two, three times because I switched industries. Um, so every time, like I just have one filter, which is um, um, you know never make a boring mistake, right? Like uh, so, even if and and I know this sounds maybe nice as a line, but uh, it's not one of those things that you know people kind of retrofit into their journey. Uh, but this has honestly been my policy, you know, pretty much right from day one. Because I, before all that, I did my engineering. So uh, to get from engineering to advertising was also a switch. Then from advertising to comedy was a switch and comedy to like whatever non-fiction media companies a switch. And I've always felt that, um, you know, that's the only filter even today uh, when I have to take some big decisions or I have to, you know, uh, in, in, across multiple formats. I just ask myself this question, you know, is this going to be a boring mistake um, and uh, then automatically it, the, everything just falls into place um and uh, you know philosophically i just get aligned and i know what i want to do right like um, one instance was like say for example when uh, you know aib uh, kind of uh, disbanded in 2018 um had a good number of uh, opportunities uh, to sort of go into the youtube content field because that's what i was doing for you know from 2015, right, and was in the thick of things, right, saw the evolution of the internet um, and of YouTube, Um, and I always felt that, okay, um, now what, right, because everything was all of a sudden, and I could have joined another comedy collective, or I could have joined another YouTube channel, I could have continued writing sketches, but consciously, uh, I didn't want to do that because it would have been like, and, and then there was this opportunity that came along when I was doing, I was consulting for, uh, you know, like a few companies. And then I was like, what is the next move going to be? And then there was this uh, company that uh, a few journalists were planning to set up, right? <laughs> this is not even, nothing that I've done in the past. Uh, a, a, a very like, you know, journalism driven media company, nonfiction where we deal with true stories, research, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 publication, um, um, and a different code of ethics and, I mean, different code of conduct, this is a completely different field, right, and, uh, when that opportunity came, I, just, I asked myself, and it was a big year for me, right, because, um, Uh, It was a year, I think, uh, it was a year where uh, my wife and I, we were expecting a baby, our first baby. And so there were a lot of, like, a lot of changes were happening that time. So I just, again, asked myself this question when that moment came, like, you know, is this going to be uh, an interesting mistake? And, you know, everything pointed to, yes, okay, starting a media company and it going completely bust. Uh, with a bunch of journalists trying to do non-fiction and publication will be an interesting mistake. What would would have been a boring mistake would have been like uh, joining another YouTube channel or like, uh, you know, doing what I was doing at AIB, but doing it poorly for someone else. Um, so that has been somewhere my guiding principle
0: uh, every time I'm confronted with a big decision. I just wanted to quickly ask you about... Uh... Uh, this field, because your the ATS, for example, the company and everyone who is listening to us can check out All Things Small. Uh, they have a bunch of podcasts, bunch of uh, uh, great news website, a lot of nonfiction documentary, and many things that the way you can maybe talk better about. But essentially, it's still a journalistic, uh, you know, work. Uh, but not traditional journalism, right, Dave? No. Like it is not a, a, a news channel, so to speak, or it's not no. a beat reporting, or it's not a, no. a Twitter channel of like breaking news. It's very different kind of journalism. And I've read some of the articles that, you know, your team sends to some of us. Uh, I was recently working, uh, reading about an article about uh, Tamil cinema and the meme culture, which like blew yeah. my mind. There was an article about Dil Chahta There was many, many different kinds of articles. Uh yeah. So do you want to talk about like how this journalism is different from the conventional mainstream journalism that we are aware of?
1: So uh, we don't even honestly look at it as um, like, you know, uh, journalism. So essentially we have this media product where we put out long form stories called 52.in and uh, that's the website. So uh, we look at sort of deep diving into one story every week uh, from the Indian subcontinent to the world. And uh, this, uh, these stories don't have to have like a timestamp on it. You know, they don't like the, the one of the filters. It shouldn't go. It shouldn't be irrelevant after like three weeks of publication, right? Like uh, of publishing. Uh, so we look at stories that uh, we try to unearth stories or follow stories which um, lend itself also to adaptation, right? Like it can be adapted to screen. It can be adapted as a podcast series. Uh, it can be adapted as a uh, as a show, a movie. Uh, Like, for example, Argo was actually first an article that came out in the Wired magazine that got optioned into being made into a movie. So um, the thing is, uh, you know, uh, my dad's a journalist. Uh, So, um, I mean, I know that journalists are like, they have a treasure trove of stories, right? Like, basically, they're dealing with real life on a daily basis uh, looking for their like first og content uh, co- creators right so they are like looking for content on a daily basis so they come across fascinating true stories right and in a country like india uh, I don't sound like a very white person view of like in a country like India one billion people so one billion stories it's as much as it's a cliche it is true right uh, because there's so many different like every hundred kilometers everything changes. so uh, we' like how do we monetize that or how do we uh, sort of tell those stories in a very profitable manner uh, you know to the world? So one is like long form uh you know website uh, a website that does these long form stories um, um and then what where what I do with my team is basically take those stories and kind of see how to adapt it to screen series shows OTT platforms a little producers so it's uh, a mix of that and branded content so essentially this is what uh a t s does
0: yeah uh for anyone who is watching this uh or listening to this I will try and put the description like the link in the description of this video and please do check it out 52.in I'm not promoting it because uh, Dave is, <laughs> but legit as someone who reads a lot a lot of these uh, articles I really find them like they are some of the best articles I've ever read there's an article about Punjabi MC and Mundia to bachke rahe and it yeah. is one of the most like research exhaustive article yeah. that i have ever read it it's
1: was... uh, it's led by supriya nair who's like one of the finest long form editors in the company she's my co-founder so uh so yeah i think all props to her and Vikram and their team actually
0: yeah 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 okay uh one thing that you also talked about in in when you're talking about your journey and from engineering to advertising and how this one p- particular year was pivotal for you in terms of professional and personal uh growth is uh the entire transition from aib to ats but also you touched upon and i'm i want to delve deep into it you said you and your wife are expecting and now you're a father uh and i can't help but talk about fatherhood Dev, because uh mm-hmm. first of all uh the reason i why i want to talk about it is first that i don't have many friends who are fathers first secondly fatherhood is a topic parenting more than fatherhood is a topic that's uh that's being discussed a lot in this world right now, especially in our generation, okay? Uh, in the sense that there are so many married couples right now who really don't want to become a parent. And uh, it's normalized to use a, a, a very popular word. Uh, a lot of people now are like, "It there's no need to be a parent. Or like, people say things like, why why bring another child to this uh, this uh, world, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I've personally seen you evolve as a father. Uh, but obviously, you can talk much better about it as to what has changed in your life uh, since becoming a father uh, any learnings that you want to share with us your views on parenting uh, anything 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 that you want to talk about parenthood
1: well uh, it, it's it's a very different life you know uh, vastly different from the way i imagined it to be and uh, i completely underestimated um, uh, this whole uh, phase of life right um, uh, i will not lie um, as much as it's glorified and you know like it's like you know how capitalism has ruined fatherhood or parenting is they've just made it such a warm and amazing thing at all times right like this father's day and then there's a way they portray uh, you know like fatherhood like uh, you know bring up a child it's it's actually and i honestly fell for a lot of those things right um, uh, and now it's just so different and so difficult. It's one of the most difficult uh, things I've ever done. And um, much like any job, there are some very bad days. All right. And um, so, th- it's very weird. I, I don't speak about this so much online. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, this is the problem, I think, uh, doing conversations on the internet with really close friends. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, anyways. Uh, so, is, there are some really bad days. There are some really tough days, right? Um, there are days, uh, to be very honest, I question, like, my choice. Like, I'm like, hey, uh, am I is this what I really wanted? Am I worth this uh, responsibility? Because uh, at the end of the day, you are like sort of fathering a human being, right? It's, you know, this this new person, you are almost responsible for the way this person is going to take to society. And um, like, so there are all those things. And, you know, there are days where you fall short, where you are inadequate. You can't give enough time. You don't have... Uh, patience to answer certain questions you're busy on your phone Um, there are days where I'm like oh man I'd rather go drink with KV and Vishal right you know these are thoughts that you know sort of creep into your mind and uh, then suddenly you feel like hey is is this like uh, 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 is this normal to think this way because uh, content on the in the mainstream has made this such a white and, uh, you know, love your child at all times, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 filter to the whole thing. Um, And I mean, I'm talking for myself, obviously, like, you know, there's my wife who has her own set of, um, you know, uh, uh, thoughts and uh, her own um, take on this. Uh, and some, sometimes, you know, I think that, hey, am I taking advantage of, uh, like, my wife? Because, uh, uh, you know, I'm, am I dumping this on her sometimes? So I just uh, feel that these are things that go through my mind. And, like, any day, some days there are, I'm, I won't deny one thing, right? Is that um, it is, it, like, when I'm with my son, I've, I've never not smiled. All right. So, uh, so I think I will not deny that. Um, And I will, I will not, I mean, it's it's definitely not something I'm like, oh man, like, you know, it's definitely not a regret. But uh, you know what I'm saying, right? When there's a task and you can't do it well, you question your ability to, are you the right person for the job? Right? You don't complain about the job, but are you the right person for the job? So I question that sometimes. And, um, and that I feel has been uh, takes a it 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 um, subconsciously dictates a lot of decisions that you take in your real life, right? It um, like I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Um, it's like I you have to announce your retirement from the phase of your life where you didn't have a child. Uh, it's like almost like a sportsman, right? Saying that like hey I'm uh, hey that's it like you know I'm retiring I'm not going to be playing. So you have to sub like technically you have to announce a retirement. Like, I will not, I can't be that person anymore. Um, I've moved on, right? And I didn't get to do that um, while I was, because because these are, this is new information that has come to me and I think I should have treated it better that way. Uh, but now I'm kind of um, sort of getting there uh, in terms of uh, being more responsible and not missing out uh, and not, um, I mean, I'm having bet- I'm having a higher frequency of good days. Uh, as opposed to like a few months ago where I thought I was having a higher frequency of bad days about falling short uh, in the
0: responsibility and then questioning if I was the right person for the job. Uh, Mm -hmm. One uh, strange coincidence I just realized is that uh, this week actually, uh, this past Sunday was Father's Day. So uh, (laughs) great, uh, uh, happy Father's Day to (laughs) a father in the world who (laughs) is watching it. And and it. Um, one small thing that I found very interesting in what you said, Dave, is, uh, is this uh, thing about uh, a lot of... Uh, and such is life nowadays and that's how internet is nowadays that a lot of people actually use... Uh, uh, there's no better way to put it. Like uh, sometimes their parents uh, or their kids as as uh, content. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, your your kids are also... I don't know. Obviously, it's a huge topic and we might just not want to talk about it as well. But uh, this is something that I've observed as a third part, where, uh, uh, which is something that I don't relate to. But I do see people doing that where, uh, uh, you know, your kids, uh, every step of the child is, uh, is not just your own personal journey, but it's also out there on internet. It's not the way that you and I grew up. And that's why it's very strange for us sometimes. Uh, we legit have difficulty finding our our kids' photos in the sense our photos when we were kids. but I don't think uh, your kid when he grows up, he will have everything documented, especially in your own phone. but there are so many kids for which for whom this their entire life is out there on internet. you know did you uh, what do you have any any take on on like uh, you know kids and social media or like some something in in that zone? I mean,
1: see it's uh, to each their own. Yeah. Okay. but I uh, never share anything about my son on social media. Uh, not a picture. Uh, I don't talk about him as well so much, or I don't think I've ever spoken about him at all uh, on on like on the internet or through my whatever social channels. Um, because um, look, Kim, we are in the content business, right? This is this is our work. And we know why we do it. And that is the most scariest part. Right? Uh, we know why we are on the internet. We know why we post. We post to get validated. Alright? Like, we can have lofty... We, we, we could have, you know, like, intellectual answers to these things. But we post to get a like, share, and comment. Alright? That's the primal behavior of the internet. Right? And I just feel that that is a cycle. And there is also a good amount of psychology uh, coded into that cycle, right? It, it is at the end of it, a dopamine hit, right? You feel nice, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, like Tanmay talks about this so well, right? Like you feel so nice when you see like that notification pop up and you see that heart come up on your notification on Instagram. You feel immensely amazing when you see 10 hearts, You log in, you see 50 hearts. Like, you know, it just gives you so much, such a good feeling. Mm. And we are in this content business. So we know we love that feeling and that's why we do the job. Right. So I just feel that I don't want uh, my son's life to give me that hit on the internet. Right. I don't want to use his life for me to feel the hit because I know what is going to happen if I do it once or twice. Is that i will then start looking for content through him to satisfy my dopamine needs and my validation pleasures i don't want to start using my son because i'm sure it will become that later like i will get addicted to the feeling of like hey this got thousand likes so now let me put up a picture of him doing xyz i will get 2000 likes and it's not going to stop um and it's I don't know if this is an extreme uh, if this is an exaggeration of thought but essentially it is a drug right social media is a drug like will I ask my son to score drugs for me I think this is for me like at a personal is equivalent uh, uh, you know uh, in, in some amount of uh, it's 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 equating it to that like using my son to give me my kick um is that but i know people do it and uh i mean they it's it's completely on them and uh it's if whatever gives people happiness like there's no like right or wrong way of parenting i'm doing 100 other things that are wrong maybe parents will look at it and say wow like this is a complete no no you can't do these things yeah. so i'll be like screw you uh, and it's the same with them right like this is just my thoughts so i don't generally uh like sharing on social media uh, any, not just actually my uh, son I don't even talk about like my family I don't put so many pictures with like my dad mom wife no I don't do that because I just don't want to use people who are very close to me uh, as uh, means of content for my dopamine hit but I see so many people like I don't think their parents even know that they yeah. are being yeah. shared on social media they don't even know this picture is going up on social media they don't even read the caption, right? Like uh, on Father's Day, for example, I see so many amazing captions written with people's parents, uh, you know, uh, with their pictures. But I genuinely doubt if that person has told those things to their dad in the morning. All right, on Father's Day, they write a poem like, I really want to know if they went up to their dad, hey dad, happy Father's Day, and then just read out this long piece that they put up on Instagram, Uh, like, the, is there so much intimacy in your relationship that you can do it offline, which you are kind of, I feel faking it online for your dopamine hit. So um, so yeah, I think that is like, I just find that a little weird.
0: Wonderful. I uh, totally agree with everything that you've said. Uh, <laughs> and obviously the, uh, the, and you summarized it so well in the beginning where end of the day, it's all about what makes you happy and to each his own yeah. or her own. Yeah. So obviously, you and I cannot really comment on what is right or what is wrong. Okay, I'll, I'll move on to the next topic that's also again uh, uh, derived from something that you said about being fatherhood. When you said a beautiful thing that once you become a father, you essentially retire from a certain lifestyle. It's it's like yeah. hanging your boots, you're like, okay, had a good run, I had a good run with you guys, scored a few centuries, <laughs> great career, but I'm going to be a commentator now or I'm going to be a coach yeah. or I'm going to be nothing, I'm just going abroad. Okay. I'm going to be yeah. an expert. <laughs> I'm going to be an expert. I'm going to be on the sidelines. We can't play the yeah. game now. And uh, and I've been, in your case, I've been a personal victim of that to not see you yeah. in action. <laughs> uh, which obviously brings me to uh, a very important topic in our life, which is male friendships. Okay, In the mm-hmm. sense that uh, you and I have a group and sometimes these groups are uh, your friends from school or college or professional, sometimes rare. But yes, we do make friends in, in professional life as well. And uh, there's something about male friendship, whether it's uh, uh, the ones that you saw in Dil Chhataay to uh, to Zindagi Na Milegi Dobara to any any boy movie, so to speak, uh, yeah. and it impacts our life a lot. Uh, do you want to
1: talk about your views? You know, I was reading somewhere like I think male friendships are more driven by uh, events and uh, shared activities, right? Um, not so much based on um, like, it's not not a very emotional, it's not an emotional relationship. Um, uh, it's more based on relationship on activity. And then when I look back, alright, like um, at least the bedrock of the friendship always forms from activity. And then when I look back, I realize like all my best friends are people I did best male friends are people I did something with. Right. Like with you, it was working with you, like, you know, uh, you know, writing, acting, like, you know, it was a creative interest that we perceived together. That was our event. Like, you know, I go back, like in my school, it's like people I maybe like traveled with. All right. So I think forming a relationship, I think, I think where my male friendship kind of lacks is forming a relationship solely based on emotions, where the bedrock is emotions, um, because I meet someone and we're like, hey, we are emotionally on the same wavelength. So let's bond. Doesn't happen as much as, um, hey, we you wanna watch a match together? And then yeah. let's bond yeah. and then let the emotion sort of trickle in over a period of time. So, I mean, this is my very, uh, my view on it. I might be fully wrong here because uh, like I said, I don't, I've not had too many female friendships, right? Like deep female friendships. For a long time, right uh, in my life, in the most formative years of my life. So, um, so I feel that um, there is also something very beautiful in the fact that you start a relationship with not so much with with almost zero emotion, right? Uh, with a particular event or a particular or a particular uh, 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 or a particular activity. So, I think like a, for a few of us, it's drinking, right? Like um, I have so many best friends today who I met while drinking with another friend right and yeah. then we drank the night away and then we are like we did like some crazy shit and then like we happen to meet again and again and drinking becomes that activity and then we sort of forge an emotional bond much later into the friendship right and um uh, or like uh, playing right like uh, you know you go to play cricket or you go to play uh, you know a, a particular sport and you keep playing and then uh, and then the friendship gets formed. Like you work with someone, it's never really about, um, you know, it's it's never really about raw emotions.
0: Uh, while you were talking about your life, uh, Dave, you obviously talked about Bangalore, and you are growing up in Bangalore in a boys' school, in tuition, and like your engineering was also from from the south, and uh, and and that's why I want to talk about the south a bit because. Uh, You know, uh, there is always an impact, whether it's conscious or at some subconscious level of where we belong to, okay? Who are we? And identity is, uh, on this series also, I'm going to talk about uh, about identity a lot with other guests as well. But the point is, you can't escape your identity because it shapes you at some level. I find myself a little bit luckier uh, because Uh, my roots are in East India, I grew up in North India, I studied in South India, and and I'm based out of West India. So I sort of like got to, uh, I don't know what my like home is. (laughs) Uh, I find myself very neutral, so to speak. But I'm always fascinated with people who uh, strongly identify with certain cultures, you know, I I find, uh, I find them very intriguing. Like if someone comes and he says, oh, Punjabi, 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 I'm like, okay, what is, Making him so proud of being a Punjabi, and similarly with like Gujarati, Tamilians, everyone else. Uh, I've I've seen you uh, as being someone who is very extremely proud of his uh, Kurgi heritage. Okay, and you're proud of everyone who belongs to Kurgi. You feel like uh, you know it's one big community, and uh, you I've seen you take pride in uh, in in. in in achievements of people you don't know uh, personally uh, but you identify with them because they belong to that region and it's not just poor but also uh, you are a very proud Bangalorean. you're a very proud South Indian. I've seen you uh, and and this uh, and I find it very interesting it's it's uh, uh, I don't know uh, a lot of lot of re- narrative in today's world is where people find it very uh, polarizing sometimes people people start criticizing that you know, hey, man, we are all one country or we are all, it's one world uh, because, you know, it's, it's a tricky space. But I personally think it's completely fine to be a proud Indian. And at the same time, To be a proud Maratha or to be a proud uh, Bengali, like there's no harm about it. As long as you, you know, you don't do anything seditious towards the country, which we clearly are not. Uh, But I really want to talk about impact of, uh, this is a topic that really interests me, impact of culture and like region in someone's life. Uh, So I want you to take, uh, take me through and take our viewers through. How do you think Kurg or Kurgi heritage impacted your life or Bangalore or South India in that sense impacted your life and, and, yeah,
1: I I think that you know, um, like again, this is my view on it. But I just feel that um, you know, cultural identification, right, um, is like a very good insurance in life. Um, where if you like can't make your own connections, or if you can't, uh, or if you fail at sort of scoring good relationships, good friendships, um, you know, uh, good acquaintances there is always like a someone you share a ritual or someone you culturally identify with to make you belong and that's a comforting thought right now just imagine if how insecure we will be and how uh, maybe anxious we will be if mm. there is no place where we can go and belong mm. right now uh, like you know so you just imagine the pressure it's going to put on every interaction uh, mm. that i have with someone new to make sure I forge a good equation with them. Because tomorrow, if I do not make my own equations and forge my own equations, I don't have a place like to go just belong because I didn't create my tribe. I didn't create my army, right? And that is not a skill that everyone can sort of possess. Like you can't be an extrovert and you can't be like, hey, this is my gang. Right, like not everyone's good at like making that gang. And I think for 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 that, I think I think culture is great, right? Like um uh uh, uh like identifying with a region or identifying with uh, uh with custom, right? Like uh it's very like like you know, you yeah, like we eat a lot of pork in Kurt, like the very specific way of making pork. Now now just by talking about pork, you know, like you can relate to like another person who has that same shared experience. So I think that shared experience provides a good insurance. If you can't make your own gang in life, or if your relationships fail, that you know, you can always go belong to some place. Otherwise, I think it's going to make a lot of people very anxious, right? Um, and I, there's also a flip side to that, right? Uh, where wherein it can also make you very lazy, saying that I don't want another worldview, I don't want to put effort into going out and challenging my beliefs or or accepting new beliefs or accepting new realities, making meeting new people, understanding new points of view because I have my tribe and that's cool. I think that is also very dangerous where you sort of then just uh, you. It's like you're living on your insurance, right? You're not supposed to do that. Your insurance is supposed to save you when things go bad, right? Like, so I think that is the extreme flip side where that's just the way I've internalized this whole thing where it becomes very, like, dangerous, right? Like what you're saying where you're like, hey, no! This is it. This is the only race. This is the only. Uh, this is the only way of doing things. This is the only custom. This is the only religion, right? Is when you just become lazy uh, and not you're not uh, going ahead and investing in new friendship, new equations. You're just falling back on your comfort zone or or, or into your house. So I don't think. Um, so for me, Bangalore is that right? Like because I grew up there. Purg, I think the great thing is that. Uh, there is no recorded history. Mm -hmm. There's very little recorded history of how we, because we are so unique, right, in in that whole, in our whole neighboring uh, uh, regions, there is nobody who exists like us. There is nobody who talks like us. There are not too many people who uh, eat like us. There are not too many people who look like us, uh, in terms of like our, uh, you know, like we are big and well built and like, it's a very different race. So, uh, what happens is, uh, and there is no recorded history so much and it's kind of disputed ever in court. Like there is this notion that like, you know, we are Alexander's descendants. Then there are these notions that know we are like pure Aryans. Then there's this like, so nobody knows like, you know, where we came from. And I think that is such a great advantage if you want to make conversations interesting and what you want to believe in. It's like which fan theory do you believe in? Right? Like, yeah. like so for, for me, I have a lot of fun with that. And um, also the fact is that um, the community is shrunk, right? I think there are, I think maybe about seventy to eighty thousand, uh, you know, cools. That's it. Like, you know, uh, uh, so it's, it's already a small community. So the fact that it is small means like there are very few people to belong. So you feel a greater affinity when because it's not every day you like if you are like say from uh, if you are like a. Uh, um, if you're a punjabi you will meet so many punjabis you might probably meet two punjabis two new punjabis every day you might bump into them uh, even in bombay but like with good, like you bump into very few people so what happens is when it's a small community the um the um the affinity to belong is a lot higher because it is a very small uh, set of people that you have a shared emotion or shared context with so um so that's why I, I, you know, I particularly feel very happy whenever someone from Kurg is doing very well, right? Like uh, whenever I say Robin Tapa is playing well, I'm super happy. I, again, I don't know if you know what their thoughts are, or if they belong, if they look at, uh, you know, I don't even know how they identify themselves with. Um, like if say Rohan Bopanna is playing well, like hey man, that's like that's pretty cool. So uh, it's uh, uh, so yeah, I think because there are small lesser number of people. Uh, the um, the affinity to belong is a lot higher. And um, so you feel just a good amount of joy when someone from your region does well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are just uh, two, three small things that I noticed which I want to slightly elaborate upon uh, because it's important for us to understand. And this is just to clarify from both Dave and my part that it's both of us believe that it's completely, completely fine to be very proud of your culture and customs yeah. as long as you don't impose it on others that's where the problem begins yeah. okay yeah. and uh, yeah. especially in a, we should be very proud of our country which i think has the most heterogeneous in terms of language culture customs yeah. everything and it it will be uh, it's great if you start accepting each other's culture and don't impose your culture on others. And that's just yeah. going to clarify from both our parts. Oh, okay, Dave. Uh, I want to uh, touch upon our last topic, which actually I saved the best for the last because this is a topic that's very close to both our hearts. We are talking about nostalgia and content and movies and sketches and etc. Our next topic is Ram Gopal Verma. Okay, and uh, this topic is very, very close to both our hearts. So I'll just give an intro of what I feel about him and what we have discussed earlier offline. And then I'll let you uh, do your analysis of Ram Gopal
1: Verma. I I think, uh, uh, KV, I think the first time, I don't know if you remember, I think the first time, I think our event, like, you know, in our male friendship, of course, there is like working, of course, there's like a bunch of things. But I think one of our big events has been Ram Gopal Verma. I don't know if you remember this. I think the first time we ever chilled, all right the first time we ever bonded and chilled in general because otherwise it used to just be work right um you know uh, we just knew each other as okay uh, uh kumar varun like good actor can make like bad lines funny uh column let's just get him to table read and we'll be set and then we would go on set shoot and like you know we just go back and it was a very i mean it's still a very good relationship it wasn't like hey, very cold or anything but i think that this was i think it shot um uh, apps for people and i don't know if you remember Uh, The shoot went on till I think as usual, went on till some 11 in the night. Then we went to this very shady bar in Juhu uh, 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 called uh, Fusion and we started drinking. And I think that's the first time we had gone out drinking or something. It was an extended group and I remember a lot of people were talking. And then the conversation of Ram Gopal Verma came up, okay? And I just remember how passionate both of us got about this this person. And to the extent that I remember there were some 12 of them in the table and the 10 of them were like, what is happening here? Like, how did this night go from just drinking and bitching about the shoot to a Ram Gopal Verma appreciation, you know, club? And uh, I think, I don't know if you remember, like, you know, I think that is the first, like, I think time that we spoke, I think about something that has nothing to do with comedy, writing or acting. Uh you we were very drunk
0: yeah yeah. yeah yeah, I do I do. and, and that gives me a, a great segue to what I wanted to talk about Ram Varma because imagine everyone who is watching it who was not there imagine a table with like 12 people and there are only 2 people who are really passionate about Ram Varma, the others are not and there is a clear statistical reason as to why that is the reason because Dev and I grew up in the time and when uh, we started really watching movies uh ramgopal verma gave us we were very young to remember but we saw these movies later uh, shiva okay which is a cult classic based out of probably one of the best movies ever made then he did Rath, which is a horror movie okay uh, some telugu movies that uh, i can't pronounce well so i'll not go there i'll straight into jump uh, i'll straight jump into his hindi rangila. filmography rangila happened in mid 90s 94 95 yeah. One of the best movies, best soundtrack. Rahman's first Hindi uh, movie. Uh, You know, Amir Khan, Urmila. I still watch some of the scenes from Langeela because they're too funny. It's a very cute, nice love story. A few years later, he makes Satya. Legit one of the greatest movies ever made in India. Okay? Then he makes the small movies like Khan. The entire movie is just shot inside a house. Then he makes Company, which... I don't know if you guys can see, but I'm getting goosebumps just taking these names. He makes company as as, uh, as an unset sequel to Satya, which is again a cult classic. Couple of years and in middle of all, this is also making movies like Dard, okay, which is, which is he's making must. Just <laughs> and then in 2004 five, he makes Sarkar, which in my honest, uh, like in my very humble opinion, is the best Godfather remake Bollywood has ever made. And then something goes wrong, okay. And then since Sarkar... Obviously, there is some glimpse of his genius in Charitra and all that. But Sarkar came back... like Sarkar came 16 years back, okay? And that is why a lot of people we hang out with a lot of people on internet do not appreciate the genius of Ramupal Verma. And we appreciate that, okay? Because in your lifetime and when you start watching movies, he hasn't done any work like that. All you know of Ramupal Verma is this guy on Twitter and Instagram... Who keeps posting random things? Who keeps posting absolutely? He's a theater. Random, random trailers. Random trailers. We don't know what's happening with those movies. He's tweeting about some random things. So we are talking about a guy who uh, who a lot of us consider to be the best filmmaker of our times. Obviously, uh, it's a topic of another podcast to compare him with like Mani Ratnam's of the world or like Karan Johar or Aitha Chopra or Zoya Akhtar or Raju Hirani or like. He's also, by the way, given uh, uh, he's been a mentor to a lot of great filmmakers ranging from Anurag Kashyap to Shimit Amin uh, of, of the world. But his persona is just completely different right now over the past decade or so. Maybe Ram Gopal Varma Ki Aag was a big transition phase. Uh, so I, w- I want to like ha- pass over the baton to Dev to talk about it. We are talking about Ram Gopal Varma people. Uh, we are talking about Ram Gopal Varma, everyone who is Who's uh, and when I talk to Dev I obviously want to talk about his opinion on him as a filmmaker but I also would want I would love for you to talk about his uh, persona now or like how PR sort of plays a role in someone's uh, uh, how it affects their work because nobody right now talks about RGV's uh, you know uh, 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 movies anymore Uh, okay and you know so essentially about image PR positioning and how a career, you know, takes a path where you just become somebody very different from what you were supposed to be just a decade back. Over to you, this
1: Yeah, I mean, so what like, what pisses me off is the amount of, like, he doesn't get any respect anymore. Okay, and like, like, they say art and all is subjective. Okay, but let's just look at the numbers. Alright, and I have, like, this is like a, my favorite 4 a.m. drunk in the night arguing with people topic. So people might be a little shocked by, like, you know, how does this guy know these numbers? Ram Gopal has directed close to 28 movies. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even talking about produced. Okay. I might be like wrong by, like, you know, three, four movies yeah. this side, that side. So Roughly 30, 25 to 30. Yeah. yeah. 28 movies directed. Alright, I'm not saying, like, produced. (laughs) Produced is another whole bunch, like, you can say another 25 movies produced. And written, for example, that's a whole other bunch. Now, out of these 28 movies, like, you can say the, like, from Bollywood itself, 11 are cult classics. Alright, 11 movies. Alright, like, look at, like, like, I mean, just like I don't know if you can count like Rangila, Sarkar, Satya, uh, Bhut, Fung, Rakta Charitra. Um, uh, then there is, um, then there is uh, uh, Khan. Uh, there is uh, what else? Like I, I, I keep forgetting, but like there is like eleven movies that kind of bent the genre. All right, and that completely. And this was during the phase where there was zero experimentation in Bollywood. All right, this is the '90s and early 2000s, where it was just formulaic bullshit, right? So during that time, he was path-breaking and made 11 great movies. And if you count uh, his Telugu path-breaking movies, which there are plenty, like Shiva, Shanakshanam, like, you know, I think Tiru Ra also I think he directed or he produced, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Raat, Raat is a Telugu movie that got, I think, uh, dubbed later. So there's a bunch of like, so if you look at all these 18 movies, 18 cult movies, I'm, not, I'm out of like, say 28. And if you count his Telugu movies, I think a number goes up to some 30, 32. There's like 18 amazing movies this guy has made. Okay, now you look at in the same time frame. okay, like say 11 good Hindi movies, like, because it's easy to compare and uniform. You just see in the same time, frame, like say Raju Hirani today, has like, What a great filmmaker, everything. He's made six movies. Okay. Uh, Look at, like, say, Zoya Akhtar. I don't know. She's made what, like, three, four movies. This is from mid to this is like in the last 15, 20 years. In 15, 20 years, made like some four, three, four movies. Okay. Uh, Who are the other films? You like take Sanjay Leela Bansali. Okay. Right from, I think, in the last 20 years, like, in the last, I think, more than 20 years, like, eight movies. Eight movies of which the eight is his full amount of films, yeah. okay, of which you can say like about five to six are like like when that are massive hits. Okay. Yeah. So numerically also, like yeah. this guy is way like ahead of anyone right now. Okay. But I think gets zero respect because um because of how like you know sanitized people need to be today. I think like like you know as a society i don't think we respect mavericks too much because again mavericks give us anxiety right like because they're so unpredictable like you don't know what they're going to do next what they're going to say next and you always like to see like a like the downfall because al- also mavericks are never humble right so you always like to see their downfall like uh, uh, so i think there is part that and today also there is a whole pr machinery right like you know, which restaurant you go to, who you are seen with. You are, like, present, you have to be present in the most sanitized, marketable form of your being. Um, but this guy doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like, he honestly doesn't give a fuck. He's politically incorrect. Like, I'm I'm not saying that that is cool. Like, I'm not, like, I have his, we all have our disagreements with him and some of the things that he says, but he doesn't care. And I think we need to, like, like you know, so there is no context while judging people these days right like um this is another version of the internet where i'm sure you also know it it's like polarization works right like um, that's content also even when we are making content we try to make it polarizing to get more engagement on the post. Uh, but it's become so internalized now like we also judge things that are hey this is shit all right oh my god this is the best <laughs> there is, there is. A, I think it's a failure on articulation that we can't articulate how something feels because I think there's also like we don't know too many words, all right. And I'm not commenting on anyone's language skills here, all right. I'm also a victim to this. Like, how is the shot, dude? It's the best shot, like, how's the, movie? the best, okay? How's the movie? fuck off. like, you know, there's no, like, there's, there's nothing in between that you share. Like, the other uh, thing that you know, is annoying is uh goat, right? Like greatest of all time. The number of people who are current day uh, active in sport, in movies, in acting, in cricket, get labeled goat. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, that is a classic polarized. Like, you know, you don't know words. So like greatest of all time, greatest of all time. Ronaldo is greatest of all time. And then like Kohli, greatest of all time. Amazing. But how can you compare Kohli to like what we saw in the 90s all yeah. right like the yeah. the pitch is different the bats are different dude so i think yeah. this whole polarization what and that also is kind of led to like the downfall of ramgupal varma because ramgupal varma's image because you need context when you're explaining him right because yeah. most of the times he's being himself and he's not being sanitized so you're like the truth. Yeah. Like, you know, fucking he's lost it. Like, films are bad. Like, you know, and he's continuing to create. Like, you know, he doesn't give a shit. And what that has happened is this social media and this whole uh, image sanitization has, I feel, kind of um, like, you know, ruined his own career despite the fact that numerically he is currently among all those who are living the greatest of all time. Yeah. Like, even even if you can discount... And the fact that he made these movies when nobody was making Booth, right? Like, it was, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Everything was just, like, kind of one trope, like, you know, of a love story that looks nice. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, those are movies you make today. And you'll still... If you make those movies today, you're called, like, wow, like, you know, Maverick. But
0: he made that then. But it's also... Uh... Man, there is just so much to talk about Ram So we'll have to stop at some point because there's also an angle that, to be honest, he hasn't really made anything great in the past many years. That's also true. But it's yeah. also, you can't take away the kind of work he has done in, in terms of like using yeah. steady for the first time in India in Shiva. There's a one yeah. shot scene in Shiva, which is so long in India, no one had even, like a lot of people hadn't even heard of a one shot, like a one-er. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, Satya had zero star power. The only star in Satya is Urmila Matundi. No one had heard of like Manoj Vashpehi and Chakrabarty and anyone else in uh, anyway. So yeah, we'll come to that. But thank you, Dev. Uh, We've had very, 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 uh, I feel enlightening and enriching conversation. I'm now going to move to uh, this last fun rapid fire round that I do with all my guests where uh, the only rule is you're not allowed to think. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. And we'll then... uh, sort of like take a look at all your answers and then we can talk about them
1: okay Yeah.
0: cool dev are you ready for rapid fire yeah nervous no, okay cool it. favorite aib sketch of all time
1: uh honest flights worst aib sketch of all time i, I think worst is like uh, I, if you rate it like uh, what do you say like uh, co- comparatively yeah. like what i least like for for me right least like for me would be uh I think uh, uh, this sketch that uh, called Favont, uh Puneet and Vishal are going to kill me for this.
0: I was a part of Fevon. Uh, <laughs> 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 Rohan and I, I still get Facebook I know. Uh, Rohan, Joshi, and me <laughs> at a wedding. But we'll come to that. So, first, Favon. Uh Your favorite AIB member out of the four?
1: I, that, that's very tough.
0: Tanmay. Okay. Uh, best RGB movie of all time. Uh, Sarkar. Best thing about Bangalore? Brigade Road. Favorite cricketer of all time? Robin Uttapha. Uh, according to you, the best cred ad amongst all the ads that came this year? Uh,
1: the, the, the fast bowlers one. The OG, very OGs. Okay.
0: Best book that you've ever read?
1: Um... Uh, I
0: think catcher the eye. One thing that South India has that North India doesn't. Filter coffee. Okay, one word about each AIB member. Okay, so I'm going to tell their name. First word that comes to your mind. Tanmay Bhatt. Crazy. Rohan Joshi. B- beautiful. Ashish Akya. Intelligent. Dorsimran Kamba. Uh, genius. Cool. That's your rapid fire. Then uh, yeah. we are going to go back to all answers now, okay? <laughs> your favorite AIB sketch of all time is Honest Flight. That's yeah, the yeah, answer. yeah. You were not a part of AIB when Honest Flight. No, like, no, no. Why do you no, think, I, why do you rate it? like, why did it come to your mind above, like, Honest Wedding, Honest Placement, Honest House Party, <laughs> the greatest <laughs> sketch ever. Come on, Dave.
1: Uh, I, I I think... Um, I think it's because I think that's one of the first sketches I ever saw. And I was like, um, wow, comedy can be done like this in India. I think uh, that was why I think for me, I just keep going back to it, dude. and watching it. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Least uh, favorite AIB sketch of all time is Fevon. I know that was a branded sketch about a startup that dealt with <laughs> India. Yeah. I was a part of that. Rohan <laughs> was there. There was a theme and yeah. Why, why do you Why do you think it's your least favorite?
1: I, I, do, I don't know, like, I think the point of the sketch, like, uh, kind of uh, didn't, like, fly with me. And because of that, I never found it funny. Okay. And uh, I was like, uh, and and I remember seeing the first cut, and I'm like, oh, shit, what is this like? I, I Like, nothing of it worked. And, um, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's okay. written by, I, I can say this, uh, because... Um, I say this to Punita and Vishal and I can tell it to them on their face and uh, also because I think for me, they're one of my favorite writers. I think I think they're like the most genuinely talented writers. I think they've gone on to write like I think some of the best sketches. I'm not trying to save because I, I'm like shitting on one of those sketches but I genuinely believe this and I feel they're so close to me that I can say these things to them on their face and say this here and I know they won't uh, take it the other way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Your favorite AB member you yeah. picked Tanmay Yeah.
1: I mean, I think I worked the most with him yeah. Uh, yeah. because he was kind of, uh, you know, people were, like I, I worked directly with him for the longest time mm-hmm. and um, I continue to work with him even today. And you know, there are some people who will forever remain your boss, even if you're not working for them. I think for me, that is Tanmay, right? Like for me, he is always my boss. Even if I'm not like right now, I don't report into him or whatever, but still like when, when I see like Tanmay calling, I'd be like, oh, fuck, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, like, it, it's somehow it it's like, oh, shit, like, uh, I have to be like, hey, like, I can never be like, yo, what's up, man? Like, this, I, I can't address him, like, in a certain way, like, I can never be his friend. Right? Like, um, uh, simply because I think there's way too much respect, like, like, literally, I think he changed my life. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah. where, um, and there's this new industry, and um, even now, man, like anything he does, like he started vlogging now, the whole internet is vlogging. Like, you know, he, he started, like, he brought this whole gaming content. Like, now everyone's going, everyone's doing live streaming. Like, he started live streaming. So, it's just like so ahead of the curve at all times. He's truly special. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, I find myself very lucky to have spent so much time with him, uh, you know, for four or five years, like on a daily basis, uh, hours mm-hmm. together. And uh, I find myself even more lucky that he's someone I can call and ask him about anything and he'll always like answer and like he'll always, he's always there to guide like most of us. I, I know even for you, he means a lot. So um, I think, I think that's why, like, I think for me, uh,
0: favorite will be Tanmay. Yeah, yeah. Best RGV movie of all time Sarkar over uh, Over uh, everything, because I think
1: there's also memory attached to it, right? Like I remember, uh, we had a math exam, it got cancelled. So so it was this, okay, it was like, it was a Friday, and we had this, I think, uh, M3, like, you know, it was third third sem. There was a math exam, and there was Sarkar releasing. And I was so upset that day that like, shit, I'm missing this. Dude, I watched uh, RGV Ki Aag first day for show, Bought yes. Ticket in Black. Okay. So, uh, but then I go to the exam. All the math exam gets cancelled because some dude leaked the paper. And then I rush to watch Sarkar and just like loved it, man.
0: I loved, ah, loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely loved Sarkar. Ah. Yeah. Like even as a huge Godfather fan, I find it to be the yeah. best. So good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, your best thing about uh, Bangalore is Brigade Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You that is a, the man. Like,
1: the, I think that is the road that, uh like, I see. I grew up in the nineties, 90s, right? Nineties. 90s I think that is the coolest road for me ever. Like, I don't think any road will come close to being cool than Brigade Road because, I, so even in Bangalore, I think that's the first place where consumerism, like anything that popped in pop culture, right, would pop in Brigade Road first in Bangalore. So I think right from. Like, I think consumerism, brands, anything that came would come first to Brigade Road. And uh, it just has such a cool vibe, man, that road. I, I don't know, like, the energy is so good, uh, you know, um, and it's kind of a little slope. So uh, it's always nice to walk, walk down a little slope when you're just looking at every new thing in the world that is coming, you find, like, that shop or that store or something that is coming up over there. So um, it's a very progressive road, and it's changed over time time and uh the energy is still the same and it's one road where i don't complain that like hey there was a theater here it's not there anymore of course because it's brigade road like it has to change and that's uh-huh. the charm in brigade Road. yeah
0: favorite cricketer of all time you clearly showed your uh yeah. your bias there i mean robinu thappa <laughs> is yeah. a friend of him is a great cricketer but I, I sort of expected you to say Rahul Dravid or I don't know. <laughs> Javagal but
1: uh, yeah, I think I think it was also because it was rapid fire. And we just spoken about Robin Attapa. Yeah. Seems- uh, yeah, and uh, plus this one. Uh, so, the, I, I think uh, um, I think for me, obviously, Rahul Dravid is like, uh, again, as a Bangalore, it just goes back to that. But, you know, I think Rahul Dravid encapsulates Bangalore for me right, like uh, nice, effective, uh, dependable, like he's everything, like if Bangor was a person, it would be like Rahul Dravid, right, like classy, like, you know, it's what you, uh, you know, it's like, what you kind of, it's just the right amount of self-confident, self-confidence and right amount of uh, uh, humility. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also that all those are attributes that, you know, I talk about his game, but mm-hmm. also it yeah. talks about him, right, yeah. like um, complete team player, some great innings. So, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Your best great ad is uh, the the one with people. If people haven't seen, please go check this out. This is the one where uh, Jawagal, Srinath, Dangatesh, Prashad, Sabha Kareem and Maninder Singh and all make an yeah. entry. Uh, can you talk about that ad for like a minute or two or about the campaign or anything that you want so, to So, I think the reason
1: why I think all of us, like say Puneet, Vishal, Nupur, and I, we, the, the, the reason I think we really like that is uh, it just felt like we were in the writing room again at AIB because, uh, you know, we're writing a song and it's like, you know, there's, it's, a, it's just like in any video, right? Like when you write a song, I think that's what brings everyone together because you're contributing a line here. Someone says a thought, you're trying to rhyme it, you're trying to fit the rhyme scheme, you're like counting syllables. And then you're like, you know, trying to make it smaller, trying to make it funny, like, So I think uh, just writing that whole piece together after like, yeah, was like just so much fun. And uh, we really were like, we, you know, there are pieces of work that, I mean, I generally don't like, I don't go watch my own stuff or like, you know, it's just like, you generally hate it. Like it comes out like, hey, this could have been better. But this is one piece of work we, all of us liked, like while we were doing it. And then when the song came out, we loved it. Like when Karan like sort of scored the track, we loved it. And then when we saw what Ayappa did with it, we are like, oh my God, like it's, it's shameless, but we are mind blown by our uh, by our work on that one particular piece. So I
0: think uh, that was insane. Yeah. I remember having seen that ad before it came out, like Tanmay sent it to me yeah. and like, oh man, like he WhatsApp the ad I saw and I was like, yeah. oh my yeah. God, like... <laughs> Best book, and we didn't talk about reading much today, but maybe some yeah. other day. You pick Catcher in the Rye above. I'm uh, above anything top top your for mind. Can you talk about Catcher in the Rye for like a minute? Or Again, I think it, it was rapid fire, so I don't know like it's what came to mind. But yeah. also, I the
1: reason I think why I loved Catcher in the Rye is I read it uh, when I was I think nineteen, and I think somewhere I was going through the same things that character in the in the book was going through right like um like he also finding everything phony like phony is a word like i just remember being like this like phony 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 like uh, he finds everything fake he finds everything stupid he's like trying to figure out his whole life he's like in this is um, he's, he's, it's his formative years and i read it in my formative years and i kind of related to a lot of his anger and angst while uh, kind of reading it so I uh yeah so I, I, I genuinely really like that book
0: yeah 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 uh, one thing that South India has that not doesn't is filter coffee yeah. Which, yeah which of course a lot of South yeah. Indians are proud of uh, one word about each AIB yeah, member obviously this discussion can make another episode so just quick <laughs> quick quick reactions on everything that you said you called yeah. the me
1: yeah, he's just mad. Like, you know, uh, it's, it just keeps shocking you every day by saying some mad shit and going and achieving it. <laughs> you called Rohan beautiful. <laughs> just a very nice guy, man. Like, uh, just like, he's so talented, but like, he's so down to earth that you can't believe that he can be so talented. Like <laughs> it's uh, And he's just like a wholesome person. He's just like a very, like like, so just a very nice guy.
0: Agreed, agreed. You call Shaq's intelligent, which nah, yeah. makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think that's not surprising. I think everyone, like, yeah. is like, um, I mean, I think most of us, our first, um, like, I know we've spoken about this. I think our first foray into comedy writing was, I think, Shaq's column in Hindustan Times, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I think, the, uh, I think that is, like, we kind of little grew up on reading on those yeah. things and then it was a little surreal to sit with him and write and then you realize, like, oh my God, like, you know, I think uh, Shax is. I, I genuinely feel you. He's such a good sketch writer. Like, yeah. um, like you know, just jokes can like he can just take a normal scene and like kill it with some great
0: jokes. Yeah. Just, like yeah. great learning. Totally. totally agree. And I'm gonna talk about it when he is a guest here uh, yeah. because he, he finds it very uh, uh, sort of like he thinks uh, we are just exaggerating, but legit, it's sometimes feel <laughs> that we are we are just. Yeah. We are just friends with Shax. Like, I can just be yeah. like, sh- <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Uh, last, but uh, never the least, you called Kamba Genius. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's, a, I
1: think he is a truly an overachiever, dude. Like, um, with one of the few people who uh, also, it's not just comedy, right? Like with him, uh, his grasp on culture, his grasp on academics, his grasp and his take on everything. Like, it kind of, like, shocks me that um, you know one person can be like some five six people put together into one person like you know what I'm saying uh, his worldview is like so good like writing I mean also again like writing with him uh, like I, I think he's the least that I worked with at AIB because he was also working on a show when we were like working but uh, the, every time I worked with him I just like left the room feeling very inadequate and I think <laughs> I'm like oh my god I have so much catching up to do
0: guys yeah. just like it's just so natural yeah yeah. Ah, that brings us to the end of the episode uh, Dave thank you so much for being a part of this uh, the range of topics that we discussed is really overwhelming and I also believe that uh, there are just so many more episodes that can come out from our conversation but there is a time limit but maybe sometime soon but thanks Dave means a lot to me that you came and shared things we shared about fatherhood for the first time anywhere so uh, yeah. very humble well that you made with a platform where you you talked about your kid and everything else?
1: Not at all, man. Like, I think, um, I think it's like, uh, basically, I feel that, uh, um, like, I, it's like how you say, you know, like, I'm friends with Shaxx. It's like, uh, I'm friends with KV. Like, you know, I think uh, <laughs> this is that for me, where... Um, because I've seen you guys uh, right from when y'all were like literally nobodies, right? Like, uh, and like just seeing your journey has also been super inspirational like with what Rahul and you have done. And uh, I was so honored actually when you said like, hey, can you come? I was like, oh, me? Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think I'm the least famous friend you have. So, uh, and you can call me. So, thank you so much. <laughs> I'll call Vishal Daima for the next episode and then... You are? Be- <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. Like, you know, I won't be the least famous guy on random musings.
0: But thanks, Dave. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much. Uh